0: And we're recording.
1: It's about time.
0: Hey, everybody. How's it going today? How are you, Martin?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man. I got a bone to pick with you first and foremost
0: oh yes mr cranky pants has a bone to pick
1: Well, you made me seem like a douchebag you know in the last episode
0: how did i make you sound like a (laughs) douchebag
1: you said i was doing husband stuff
0: you were on a vacation that is husband stuff you were a vacation you were on a vacation with the missus no Yeah, how's
1: that husband stuff?
0: Because husbands go on vacations
1: with their wives, silly. Husband stuff? Who's ever heard of husband stuff?
0: Evidently not you, despite being-
1: It's a vacation.
0: (laughs) Right, but when you are a husband and you are going on vacation with your wife, one can conclude that is part of husband stuff.
1: You made it sound so mysterious or something. What, what? What did you?
0: Mysterious. Okay, first, first you say you you argue that I make you sound like a douchebag, <laughs> and now it's mysterious.
1: Man, yeah. What the hell? Ha- husband stuff. I've never heard of husband stuff. I don't even know what that means.
0: It can mean nobody lots of knows things. what that means. Hus- no, I think it's just you who doesn't know what that means. If I Google husband stuff, am I going to find nothing?
1: Okay, I'm Googling that stuff right now, husband stuff.
0: Okay, I'm looking up husband stuff too. This is how we're starting off, everybody, with conflict.
1: God damn, you should have said vacation. Well, that is part of doing husband stuff. I don't see anything about husband stuff other than the husband stuff Facebook home group, and I'm not clicking on it.
0: And besides, when you talk about going on vacations, you sometimes make it sound like it's like an obligation, like a duty you have to do. Like, I never hear you go, oh, boy, I get to go on vacation. Yeah, this is great.
1: Well, yeah, I do kind of feel like vacations are duties every August. Right. And have a good time with her.
0: Husband stuff includes husband duties. Even if you do have a good time and have fun and whatnot, it's still. See, look, I found very first thing. 62 best gifts for husbands 2021. That's not actually what I'm looking for at all. Um, That husband yeah. stuff. See, there's a Facebook page. It says that husband stuff. Let's, let's see what it says. It's a- okay, I'll buy it. Mr. and Mrs. Husband. That husband stuff. This is a a blog of some sort. Um, this is, I don't, what is a couple discovering (laughs) there? This is like a couple's blog. Do people still do this in 2021?
1: Man, if it helps the relationship go better, I think that's cool.
0: I mean, if it helps, cool, but I'm like, when has that ever helped anybody? (laughs) <laughs> when is like a marriage blog ever helped anybody
1: hey, if they're both writers that can help
0: they look like a cute couple there's a picture of them on here i'm not gonna
1: describe one of the dudes like. look like that uh that one dude on that property show oh god i hate uh which property? i hate hgtv uh, um oh, the property brothers or whatever oh
0: were they like the twins
1: yeah, yeah, the, those dudes. The
0: twins who kind of look like Benedict Cumberbatch or whatever? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this guy, he's hes pretty thick. He got some muscle.
1: any Def- lumberjack.
0: I, I like this meme, and I don't know why. I'm looking down at it. Defend her in public. Correct her in <laughs> private. What? <laughs> where?
1: Where is that?
0: Just scroll. It's 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 on the Facebook page. You just scroll down. It's it's, it's like from March. Oh,
1: defend <laughs> her in public, correct her in private. She's like, oh no. And he he's
0: standing right in front of her, like he's about to block a bullet coming her way. <laughs> and he's looking stern,
1: it's sort of like a. Uh... Defend her in public, even if she is the one who caused the problem.
0: Like, what if she's shouting racial slurs at people? Do you defend her in public still? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have to fight a gang of people?
0: <laughs> at that point, like, why are you married to her? <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> this I'm woman sorry. is shouting racial slurs at people. They're coming at, <laughs> coming at me, <laughs> going to whoop my ass <laughs> for what she said
1: no i understand the principle behind it especially if you're a person who is all about honor Mm -hmm. like i guess i'd have to go to jail sometimes if somebody hurt her and she was innocent in the matter
0: well that's defense i mean
1: i mean say somebody says something bad about her like says hey hey i don't want to use the words here but say Say somebody says, like, the see see you next Tuesday word, right? Say somebody says that about her, makes her cry and everything. Well, I'm like, ah, crap. I guess I got to fight somebody.
0: Oof. What if it's, like, 20 dudes and they're all Brock Lesnar?
1: Well, I guess I'm going to the hospital today or dying. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how it is with honor, though.
0: The joys of matrimony.
1: (laughs) Like, oh
0: like 20 dudes they're all like professional mma
1: fighters <laughs> like, oh my god <sighs> oh look at the next one go down oh not the castle no one but uh
0: oh i gotta find it again i, I just oh,
1: shit.
0: It. Describe oh dude, it to me.
1: this is hilarious context if you so h- here's a post it says, context, if you eat food prepared by a menstruating woman, even once, then your next avatar will definitely be that of a ox. <laughs> a menstruating woman who cooks food for her husband will certainly be reborn as a koutry bitch. <laughs> what
0: the fuck? What is this? Ex- <laughs> wait, where, the, where is <laughs> no, <it's> this? Been...
1: <laughs>
0: Excuse me?
1: So, if you... If february twenty fifth two thousand
0: twenty february
1: twenty fifth two thousand twenty look for that post <laughs> this is crazy uh, let's, what was that? let's see what is going on how, here
0: how hot did i miss this <laughs> share to repair context if you eat food prepared by a Oh, minst- oh my goodness! Well, Menstr... Avatar. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, what? What <laughs> happened? Sixty-eight <laughs> undergraduate host hostellers were paraded through the college into the restroom and forced to... Oh, I'm not reading that. Uh, oh my god! Preached by. Who cares? Or a misogynistic, dimwit religious leader of some uninformed sect from India.
1: Oh, School my of gosh. thought,
0: regressive. Our reaction, truly appalling. Oh, this is meant to be, you know, like, hey, menstruating is natural and cool. Fuck off. And I'm like, well, yeah.
1: Oh, and that's... It. Oh, so, okay. Now I get
0: it. I, f- I figured... The the th- the one problem I have with this these kind of like Facebook stories, like y- you would assume that this would make the news, you know, right? Like even mm-hmm. like in India, like you would and they would link it, but it's just like it feels like one of those things where, okay, you know how like a lot of boomers were post on Facebook like once upon a time there was an old man. And a young man spat in his face, and the old man fought in World War II.
1: <laughs>
0: and then the young man realized he just spat in the face of a man who fought in World War II and felt very bad. Like yeah, oh yeah.
1: and reshare if you agree. Yeah, this is what this one is. So, apparently, according to this post, in India. A misogynistic, dim religious leader of some unknown sect forced sixty-eight, I believe, women through the college restroom and forced them to remove their armor, undergarments to prove that they were not menstruating.
0: That was something I would expect to see in a news article or something. Yeah, I honestly but, fucking love <sighs> the little, and the cute little image they have. Below it. Next life. Next avatar. Yeah. Same couple goals. There's Mrs. Husband, who is a dog, and a cute what? little bloody heart looking thing. In between the them. For and between Mrs. Husband. And Mr. Husband is a cow. <laughs> and the dog is saying, I cooked while on my periods. And the cow is like, That food was damn tasty. <laughs> Which gives me the absolute wrong impression. <laughs> that, this, that this dude in his past life was eaten. Oh, that's disgusting. Menstruating is not disgusting, but the image that they put it in my mind with this fucking dumb picture.
1: Why is she called Mrs. Husband? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. What? This that's is- what I'm like.
0: What is going... Why... Is the cow... Is that the the family name? Husband? Oh. Why are they going husband? (laughs) This is is stupid. I hate this. (laughs) They ruined that for me. What was probably meant to be a well-intentioned post was poorly executed.
1: I mean, it's well-intentioned. It's saying, hey, menstruation is not a bad thing. It's normal. So... Get the fuck over it, guys. <laughs> but. Yeah. But yeah, what a weird image.
0: <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to post something that starts with, I cook every time I'm menstruating and then followed <laughs> up with, that food was damn tasty. <laughs> because oh, I, that gives me
1: not the, laughing.
0: the wrong fucking impression of something happening there.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Like, what are you eating <laughs> Her food? What's in the food? Don't worry about it. It is damn tasty.
1: A dog. Yeah.
0: Wow. See, so husband stuff is a real thing. Case closed.
1: Oh, well, I think, oh my God. I
0: have won the debate. I have triumphed in the free marketplace of ideas.
1: You me crazy.
0: Destroyed with facts and logic.
1: Well, you Ben Shapiro'd me.
0: I Ben Shapiro'd (laughs) you, indeed.
1: I got destroyed! Destroyed,
0: right! Let's say, hypothetically, that you're in a debate with me. And hypothetically, for the sake of argument, let's say that I completely destroy you with facts and logic.
1: (laughs) Okay, Spock. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So... So we got uh, that covered. So, yeah. So, uh, wow. All right. So, uh, where was I on vacation, right? Why did I miss this? All right. So, whoo. Yeah. Oh, God. I, agree. I had to bite my finger, like, like bite down my finger, keep from laughing so much. Oh, so where was I? So here we I, I was, um, in Michigan. I was up north, um, because, uh, my wife's birthday was, no, on vacation. And she goes up to Michigan for her birthday every year because her family is from there. Um, and so we go up there. We primarily go to lakes and we go to see a this city and island called Mackinac City and Mackinac Island. And that's where I was.
0: Tell me about this city and this Mackinac Island.
1: I, so first of all, Michigan is a really, really weird place because it has a lot of great beauty. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that it's like three months of like summer or hot weather and then it's the rest of the year is cold. Yeah. And the way I think about Michigan is I think about, oh man, I hope this doesn't sound misogynistic, but I'm going to say it. The way I think about Michigan is I think about a beautiful woman who's all made up, right? She's got makeup on that makes her look even more attractive. Mm -hmm. And so think of Michigan in the summer as a woman who is made up. And then in the summer, I mean, then after the summer, right? Not in the summer. She's still beautiful, but it's like, oh, where did your makeup go? (laughs) <laughs> so that's the way i like to think about wow. michigan <laughs> i'm just uh, i don't know how i, I, I feel about that honestly <laughs> I, don't, I don't
0: like the way you describe that don't,
1: i don't i hate makeup i really do i think it's uh, I, I feel for women you know they're just so pressured to wear all this makeup and eyelashes and put on your eyebrows it's well some it's of them pretty, some of them actually like to wear it though oh yeah and of and of of course uh Free country, right?
0: I I guess so, but.
1: but yeah, that's the way I like to think about Michigan. Also, here's another thing that's really weird about Michigan. There's such a divide between the rural and the city. Uh, the primary place where we were were mostly rural. Mm -hmm. And it's very strange because I hate these rural roads because it's like I'm being nickel and dime, nickeled and dimed on miles. Uh, Like it's like oh go fourteen miles on this road, go three miles on the next one, then go two miles on the next one. Meanwhile, it's all these rural back roads, and I'm like, man, this is so ugly. Jeez, when are we gonna get to like a lake? Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, oh, Speed. Oh, I bet you do. You talking about the city where you're from?
0: Yeah. Um, every time I have, every time I go up north to visit the folks, I mean, I have to see. It's not a long drive. It's like maybe an hour, 40 minute drive.
1: I'm aware. I passed it. It's an
0: hour, 40 minute drive of just very ugly scenery. (laughs) Like there is no, there's like very little of the beautiful countryside that like really catches your eye in this very pleasing way. No, it's it's rural Ohio. It fucking sucks. Uh, I don't enjoy having to look at that all the time, it's, it's not the most boring thing, it's just aesthetically a not good-looking place.
1: Hmm. Well, th- that reminds me, uh, I passed the place where you're from, and uh, I think I'm gonna make that your name in my book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your last name is gonna be the place where you're from. Is it the county? And your first name, no, 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 the city where oh, you're from. Okay. Or the town. And then your first name is going to be Waldo. Waldo? Waldo? Hold on. on. Excuse me? Think in your head right now. Think in your head of Waldo and then the town where you're from. (laughs)
0: I don't like how it sounds. And there's already <laughs> another township by that that's name. That's
1: what I'm saying. I, pa- I passed by the uh, multiple signs. I, yeah. I saw Waldo and then the city or the town where you're from. And I'm thinking, man, that's a good name. <laughs>
0: no, it's not. It's a terrible name. <laughs> it's it's a terrible <laughs> name for two terrible places.
1: So thought it was one city. I'm like, what the hell?
0: No, no, they're not. um my hometown in question is technically the capital of oh. that particular county. Uh yeah, it's <laughs> everything sucks there. <laughs> and it, it gets worse the, the farther north you get. <laughs> like it what gets it gets even like more sparsely populated, but it's still ugly as hell. Oh yeah. Yeah, there ain't there ain't shit to see (laughs) just like nothing but like if you're lucky, you'll drive by some cornfields or soybean fields, maybe. But everything else is just like boring, like dystopia. (laughs) It's almost dystopian. I get very depressed every time I drive through there because (laughs) I can't help but think about like desolation. That's how I would describe it. Uh, Rust Belt desolation is the feeling I get every time I drive through my home town and just through that region in general.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I kind of got that way going through those back roads in Michigan, actually.
0: I'd imagine it would be pretty much just the same.
1: Well, I mean, well, there are a heck of a lot more trees up there, too. Um and also sometimes you'll occasionally go by a lake and it's hard not to and you're and you're like, Oh crap, I can't look because I'm driving. Mm -hmm. But the lakes up there, oh my gosh, they are gorgeous, right? It's the great lakes. See, there's something to
0: actually at least see up there. (laughs) You know? Lakes. The lakes.
1: Yeah. But to get to the lakes, man, you gotta be nickel and dimed by these like little back roads.
0: The crappy little long struts of like rural roads that are barely there. Like they're, yeah. mo- they feel more like gravel. Oh than yeah. Than they are like pavements.
1: Well, they're paved, but the problem is it's 55 miles an hour, right? So mm-hmm. you're going down 55, but you still got some asshole behind you, right? Who's trying to drive you off the edge of the road so they can pass. I'm like, dude, I'm going to speed limit. What the hell's your problem? So.
0: Well, the problem is you're going to speed limit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, so you'll get passed a lot.
0: Yeah, I don't like that. The idea, oh, no, I hate that. My mom lives on a country road, so it's just the thought of it. Ugh.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine living on. on well, imagine, you know, imagine it's just not me, but imagine trying to
0: live and navigate those roads during winter.
1: Oh yeah, and that's what I'm saying about Michigan, man. And like, ooh,
0: I have had my car like slide off ice into a ditch before. <laughs> like, off a country road. It's fucking awful. I had to wait for, like, two hours, I think, before somebody from AAA, like, towed my car out of the ditch. Uh,
1: was it salvageable? Yeah, you, you, still work? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah, but
0: it definitely damaged it. And it didn't help.
1: It, well... That's what I'm saying about Michigan. You know, in the wintertime, it's like you wake up. Imagine Michigan being a a lover that you wake up next to in the morning and you're like, oh, what happened to your eyebrows? (laughs) That's what I think about You You wiped her eyebrows off by accident. (laughs) Oh, you don't look like the same person you did last night.
0: (laughs) So, like, are you like in the mainland part of Michigan, or are you talking about oh. like the peninsula?
1: Oh yeah, so I don't go, uh we don't go up into the upper peninsula. And by the way, the upper peninsula of Michigan, that's super rural. If you think about uh just a different culture up there too, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um And you have to pass the Mackinac Bridge to go to upper peninsula. Oh, okay. And so yeah, I we I've um I've been in the Upper peninsula probably once in my life and uh yeah, it, it's not for me. You know, it may be for other people, but it's just not for me. So is like Michigan
0: also similar to Ohio in one respect where you occasionally drive past a sign that warns you about the coming judgment. Uh <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. be- because there's one that has been on, it's like the route that leads, if you take it, it leads straight through my hometown. And there's a sign that's been on the uh, part of a farm, I think. And yeah, it's on a farm property. And it's like this big, white, long sign. And you can't, you literally can't miss it. Uh, One side says, uh, Yeah, one side says uh, Beware the Lord thy God or some shit like that. And the other side says Be sure your sin will find you out in all caps. (laughs) It's, um, yeah, so and that sign is still there. It is still fucking there. It has been there my entire life. It is still there and it's still in good looking shape. So they're putting some money in to make sure that sign stays in tip top shape. Does Michigan have just <laughs> random signs like that?
1: Well, the only sign that I, rec- that I remember right now, as I recall, is a sign that said, uh, genuine Christians love their enemies. Uh,
0: actually, that's <laughs> so funny. I actually think because yeah. I, I visited some folks, uh, like, a few weeks back, and I was driving far north like north in Ohio I was probably like around the Findlay area and there was like a there were like a couple signs that said exactly that like gen real Christians forgive their enemies and had like a phone number you can dial to ask questions
1: hmm yeah I didn't see any phone number though. Oh, I'm trying to think if I saw any other signs as well.
0: I remember seeing a couple anti-abortion signs too, where my folks live. <laughs> Just billboards, huh? With like a picture of a baby. I want to live to grow up. <laughs> and every time I, pa- I drive past it, I'm thinking, "No, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With global warming and climate change and everything going to hell, you don't want to, kid.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you know my feelings on children. Mm Mm-hmm. You love children. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You adore them. Hey, most of us, let's be honest, most of us are accidents. I think that, yeah. I mean, I was an accident myself. My parents even admitted it. They didn't say accident, but they said, yeah, you weren't planned.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cool. How horrible <laughs> to actually say that yeah. to your
1: kid. Well I, well, I asked them when I was an adult.
0: <laughs> yeah. But still it's like, yeah, you came, you came around unexpected. We weren't really planning for you. You just kind of showed up on the radar and you kind of just became a responsibility.
1: Especially like the younger one. I'm the youngest in a family of five uh brothers. And uh yeah, they probably weren't they probably said, Man, we don't want any more kids.
0: That's enough of Martins. Too many Martins (laughs) walking around. (laughs)
1: Yeah. But you know what else is very good up there though too? Tell me about it. History, man. Especially the stuff that we've been talking about with the uh American Indians. And the British, um, also though, up there in Michigan, especially for, uh, especially in Mackinac City. Yeah. Um, that word Mackinac, um, it, well, Mackinac City, it, it also has French roots. Um, the fur trade or the fur, the fur beaver trade was mm-hmm. huge up there and, uh, there would, uh, be, a lot of quarrels between the French and the British over who would control that. Uh, for example, uh, there's this fort called Fort Michela, Michela Mackinaw? Yeah. I think I'm saying it right. Michela Yeah, yeah. And it's a site of conflict for the French and Indian and British uh, before the founding of the country. And it's very cool, like the importance of the fur trade mm-hmm. and the uh, these fur traders and trappers they went on these great lakes over large distances with on these canoes. And what a hitty life that must have been in the winter.
0: Must have sucked.
1: My gosh. And here's how they slept, too. I, I, I read everything when I go up there. I like reading the historical stuff. At nighttime or whatever, whenever they slept, they slept with their canoes on top of them or their canoes overturned.
0: <laughs> oh, I've Are actually heard that before, yeah. yeah,, yeah, it's a way of like I mean, I'm sure they're on land, and they just you know flip it up when you're on the, the ground and you just snooze
1: <laughs> and what I found it interesting oh, I'm sorry, I was gonna say it still sounds hella uncomfortable though. Oh, yeah, especially, too, with the canoe, like, it doesn't cover the entire ground, so you probably have a lot of air still coming in.
0: Yeah, like, it's not really airtight. I mean, I imagine, you know, you're just there one night, and it's suddenly, like, a raccoon is, like, looking for food, and, you know, you're trying to sleep, you wake up, there's, like, 12 (laughs) raccoons on one side, and there's five opossums on the other,
1: (laughs) And they want to eat you flat, eat your flesh. I don't think they do that. I think you're thinking of a different animal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, don't bite me. I don't want to be rabbit over here. <laughs>
0: How many carnivorous human-eating raccoons have you met in your
1: life? I'd imagine they'd eat anything if they were hungry enough. Shit. Well, not
0: possums. Possums can't hurt you.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I love possums and raccoons, man.
0: I love possums too, especially they're. Goof. they just they're goofy they look goofy (laughs) especially the ones with the little cross eyes and they're just kind of walking around with their chunky butts eating ticks and stuff
1: oh yeah and they do yeah they do good service like eating ticks why the hell do blood-sucking parasites exist what do they do they do nothing
0: well you see before humankind sinned in the garden of eden Creatures like ticks and fleas and other parasites actually were not parasites. They were vegetarian, they were vegan. Oh. Which, you know, and then when mankind sinned, then the the bugs <laughs> had to eat food. You know, when Adam and Eve took the you know the bite into the forbidden fruit, and then the bugs were like, we need to drink blood now. Oh,
1: Oh shit, you know I just thought about when I laugh so fully fully? Uh I thought about Adam with ticks up his ass. <laughs> well he, he wasn't really wearing
0: clothes for the most
1: part. <laughs> he was after they sinned.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he realized he's naked in the story, but hey, I'm naked, I'm not ticks up my ass. Or like, what about mosquitoes? Think about that. Like, like no purpose. Yeah, or like before, I feel like somebody like uh, Kent Hovind or um, Kirk Cameron or Ray Comfort would probably be like, well, you, the, those the mosquitoes, they're, you know, they actually used to only eat fruit <laughs> or some shit like that. And then when mankind sinned, they had to thrive on blood. So it's well, actually not God's fault that parasites exist, it's man's fault.
1: Or look at the shape of a mosquito. If you look at it this way, it's a star. <laughs> it or, represents a star of David.
0: <laughs> or like a, or, or a banana that fits perfectly in your hand. How could this have happened? <laughs> so does a dick. <laughs> so do lots of things. So do two dicks. So do like a hundred dicks. <laughs> You could feasibly get you. You could feasibly put anything in your hand. Then <laughs> I think we're getting a little off topic.
1: Wait, well, yeah, well, the, yeah. So it's pretty good history up there, uh, and I like I like just reading the the monuments and stuff like that. Hmm. But you know what, though? What? Here's what? why I have a question. What's your question? So, here's my question before we start. Why do people needlessly complicate their lives?
0: That's an old question. That's a very here's old I'm question. what I'm talking
1: about here. So, lakes, right? Lakes, you see a lot of boats. Mm-hmm. And so, while I'm up there, I see people with these boats. And you know what's weird, too? These aren't rich people. They're not? You know, I, I, nah. Uh... Think about, so boats, Winnebago's, fancy cars, et hmm I've seen a lot of people with, well, at least with boats. And I'm thinking with boats, uh, boats are probably, I mean, at least the ones that I saw were probably about 30K. So it's like a car payment. Yeah. So you see these people with boats and you're like, oh man, I bet they're rich, but then, you know, I'm like, they're not rich. They probably have a more they probably have a big old loan, like a car loan on their boat. And I'm just thinking, man, why would you put yourself on all that debt? Especially, check this out. Especially in Michigan. Like, if you're not a gazillionaire, why are you gonna buy a boat? Because the cost of a boat, it's like a car, mm-hmm. also, you're only gonna be able to use your boat like three, maybe four times. Out of the whole year, because when, when winter comes in Michigan, you know, it's brutal. So yeah. four months, then you got maintenance on the boat and you got to think of a place to put the boat when it's not winter. You can't just leave it on the lake. No, you,
0: you have to usually like either, well, you can't even really necessarily dock it in winter. You have to like take it out of the water. You'd have to like, like it. haul it.
1: You have to haul it, so you can't just have what I have—a little Honda Civic. You need to buy a bigger, more expensive car or truck, rather SUV, not car. There's that cost, and I'm like, man, I don't. None of these people are really rich, right? So I'm thinking they might be.
0: I imagine most boat owners are like small business owners or something. I don't know, like. Small uh, than medium Upper middle class
1: business. or middle class, probably? I would probably
0: wager that, yeah.
1: Unless they got a yacht, of
0: course. But, but what's the difference yeah. between a
1: yacht and a boat?
0: <laughs> well, you see, a yacht is a fancy boat. And a boat is just a regular boat.
1: It, well, let's look that up. A yacht and a boat. A yacht versus boat.
0: I, I Googled it. So I'm looking at one website. Uh, what's the difference between a yacht and a boat? Many boating enthusiasts use the words boat and yacht interchangeably, when in reality, they are very different terms. A yacht is a larger recreational boat or ship. A boat, on the other hand, is smaller in size and can be anything from a fisherman boat to a sailboat. Yeah, but what's the like
1: cutoff size?
0: But wait a minute! I don't think that necessarily contradicts what I just said. I think it works. I think their definition works against them here, because they literally just say, in as they define a yacht, a yacht is a larger recreational boat. Oh shit! And a boat, (laughs) on the other hand, is smaller (laughs) in size and can be anything from a fisherman's boat to a sailboat. So, but the problem is, all yachts are still boats. Like, is there a bot? Is there a yacht that is not a boat? Is there some? Is there like an ant? Like a a anti boat yacht that I'm unaware of?
1: It's gotta be. (laughs) And also, it's like a prerequisite. If you're rich, you have to buy a yacht, or you're not rich.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you have to go to Florida or something (laughs) with your with your shitty yacht. Or if, you, if you're like Jeff Bezos, then you need to get the yacht that is so big. It has like another yacht inside <laughs> of it. Yacht inside another yacht. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah, if you go to Google Images, yacht inside another yacht, you'll see exactly what I mean. It's like a super yacht.
1: Too much, man, complicating your lives. But if you got that much money, your life's not complicated.
0: I, I guess not. I don't know. Like if it's you're, ridiculous. if you're like the bourgeoisie, I guess not. But
1: <laughs> here's the here's the thing. How can anybody earn a billion dollars? It's fucking impossible. It's <laughs> Ye- impossible.
0: I actually found a meme while looking at these yachts inside other yachts. And it's, of course, a boat going inside a yacht. While the middle class blames the poor, I'm going to park my boat in my boat.
1: It's parody at this point, dude.
0: Yeah. I mean, see, I don't even think billionaires are satisfied with boats anymore. That's why they're doing the whole, like, going into space bullshit, you know? (laughs) Like, with Elon Musk and uh... Frickin' Jeff Bezos and the guy from Virgin
1: uh, Richard Branson uh, Branson I believe
0: I'm not calling him sir I don't respect
1: titles oh, yeah, of bullshit, night good. yeah yeah I'm a sir cuz I'm a knight but uh,
0: unless you're Elton John I'm not fucking calling you sir
1: Well you can call me sir cuz I'm a knight but yeah but him he's not a knight so Who knighted
0: no. you? I wasn't there. I didn't
1: vote for you. Who knighted me, my friend? I... Don Quixote
0: Oh, so you're delusional is what you're saying.
1: I am not delusional. You People who own yachts are delusional. You're
0: <laughs> You're, you're lancing windmills or whatever that term is called. You're... I'm
1: about honor
0: and your fair maiden Dulcinea.
1: Yes, it's an ideal of love that I extend to stamping out evil and wickedness.
0: Also, oh, the term is tilting at windmills. I for I got it confused. It's tilting at windmills.
1: Well, he got messed up on that windmill, Don Quixote did. That windmill whooped his ass.
0: <laughs> I would be embarrassed if, for one, people saw me getting my ass handed to me by a windmill.
1: Oh, dude, Don Quixote is one of the funniest books, man.
0: It is. I remember <laughs> listening to like the audio version of it
1: and, to- oh, and talking
0: about how they go to that. It's like very early in the story where they go into, what, the the inn? And he mistakes it, uh, Don Quixote, he mistakes castle. it. The castle. Yeah, and yeah. he thinks the innkeeper <laughs> is like the lord of the castle. Oh, and yeah. there are some sex workers there who he <laughs> mistakes as like uh, ladies of the court, courtiers. And-
1: Fair ladies.
0: <laughs> fair ladies. And I forget what happens, but he eventually ends up pissing off the owner and he and like some staff beat his ass and (laughs) he and Sancho, his homeboy are like in complete agony. And he comes up with this concoction for like uh, an elixir.
1: (laughs) You're talking about uh, the elixir of Fortin. Yeah.
0: Of yeah, it's the elixir that is meant to cure their ass-beating. Um, <laughs> however, it just gives them nausea and diarrhea. And, yeah. this, and the book lists, like, the vomiting and defecating and graphic detail.
1: Yeah, and the thing about it is, that after, the, after that, so Don Quixote is the first to drink the elixir, and he just he, he does the diarrhea, vomiting, and he falls asleep. Sancho is up all night shit, his guts out.
0: <laughs> Poor Sancho.
1: Poor Sancho Panza. <laughs> oh, that's some funny stuff, man.
0: Yeah. Go read some cl- classical literature, everybody.
1: 10 oh, out of 10. Oh, man.
0: Would recommend.
1: And in the second book of Don Quixote, because the book, part one, part two, the part two, this Duke and Duchess troll Don Quixote and make it truly seem like He's a knight in a fantastical world of uh, enchanters and other knights. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My favorite book of all time, Don Quixote.
0: Yeah. So awesome. So diverting from Don Quixote, we've been talking for the past 40 minutes, and we have not even remotely touched on the main subject, the whole point of this conversation today. (laughs)
1: Well, I, I got to tell you about one of the things that really warmed my heart when I was up there.
0: Okay. What warmed your heart?
1: Check this out. In the morning, right? My wife is still sleeping, you know. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out and explore this park next to Fort Mishlamackinaw. And I see a nice green space in this park. I see these two squirrels playing. Okay. I see a black one and a brown one. So I'm like, oh man, this is a black squirrel and a Mexican squirrel, right? And these two- What? (laughs) Pardon? The black squirrel and the Mexican squirrel, right? Black and brown pride, brother. Anyway. These are squirrels, not people. (laughs) I see these two squirrels, man. They are squirrels, (laughs) not ethnicities
0: or races. They are fucking squirrels.
1: But still, these squirrels, right? They're playing. It's the first time I've ever seen a black squirrel, right? And they're playing around. They're wrestling with each other, right? And I'm like, oh, this is one of the cutest things I've ever seen in my life. I'm watching them for like 10 minutes and they're just playing around. And at one point, the black squirrel, right? He is more, uh, he's more antsy and more playful than the brown one. And so what the black squirrel does, the black squirrel, Constantly is going around and waist locking, you know what I'm saying? Like waist locking as a wrestling. This black squirrel is waist locking this brown squirrel and like suplexing all the funny shit. I'm like, oh that black squirrel, man, he's beating his shit. Were you fucking high during this whole thing? <laughs> no. Because
0: I can imagine you sitting in a park, like tripping, and you're seeing these two squirrels. And in your mind's eye, you're registering them as a black and a Mexican person for some reasons beyond me. These are squirrels. And you're like, Oh, you're like completely in awe as one is suplexing the other when they're just,
1: they're just squirrels. Dude, it was so cool to see them squirrels play. Like at one point, have you never Uh, seen squirrels before? Never seen squirrels play like this. At one point, the brown squirrel, uh no, the black squirrel is rushing at the brown squirrel, and the brown squirrel, I swear, gets the other squirrel in like a front face lock, and then suplexes, <laughs> build a side little suplex, it's the funny, I'm laughing my ass off, and I'm commentating as I watch this, talking to myself. Is your People wife think- there? i <laughs> your- <No>, myself. <laughs> it was one of the cutest things I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Damn, you really love watching squirrels.
1: <laughs> i never seen squirrels play like that. <laughs> How are you that sheltered? They're squirrels. I Dude, but man, I was, uh, and I've never seen a black squirrel before, right? I've seen a white squirrel. There's one around my neighborhood. And there's one on uh, Ohio State campus. But i never seen like a black squirrel. I'm like, it's, oh my God. My mind was blown watching these things. Squirrels can come in different colors. Shit.
0: What other colors? (laughs) Are there purple squirrels out there too? (laughs) Are there green ones I don't know about?
1: It was so sweet. It warmed my heart, man. It really warmed my heart. I just, I was like, oh, oh, look at him. He's (laughs) suplexing. Hey, yo, the (laughs) suplex. I guess you had to be there, dude, cause it was awesome. The morning, the sun was just coming up, you had that nice little lake breeze.
0: You're just watching, oh.
1: squ-
0: just having the best time of your life watching squirrels go at it?
1: <laughs> well, I thought they were screwing, you know, but I'm like, nah, this is playing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great trip though, that was a great trip. <laughs> I see,
0: wow. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm so happy that you had that moment.
1: But that's why I, was, I wasn't doing husband stuff. I was watching Squirrel. You were watching squ- wow Wow,
0: that somehow sounds even weirder than when I said husband stuff. You somehow managed to make that sound worse. Like no one in the audience would have cared. You were literally the only one who had cared, and now you're like, talking about squirrels.
1: Also, husband stuff, you make it seem like I'm whipped or something. Oh, well, he's got to do husband stuff.
0: What? What? I didn't say you had to. I said you went to do husband stuff. Uh, There's a big difference. husband stuff. Husband stuff, which evidently in your world is watching squirrels wrestle. <laughs> Being That's in awe awesome. of the majesty of nature,
1: the beauty of nature and animals,
0: of all all the possibilities that could have occurred in this universe <laughs> that you could have experienced. What are the odds that you would have come to this particular moment in time and space and got to experience such a miraculous event, such as squirrels wrestling?
1: <laughs> oh, dude! I popped when I saw the uh, the black one get get the other one into a front face lock. I'm like, oh man, they do that too? Oh, they <laughs> face <so> lock? Wow. <laughs> he just oh, so this, it was like watching wrestlers. Is this like, squirrel like going to give the restless? other
0: squirrel a pile driver? Is this squirrel going to do like a leapfrog?
1: <laughs> Off
0: the top rope, was there a referee squirrel too?
1: <laughs> no, a squirrel no. that
0: was like black and white striped? <laughs>
1: You know, they can go to the top rope, being the top of the tree. Did they have just, like
0: little steel chairs outside of the ring?
1: They- <laughs> oh, man.
0: Well, I'm glad you had that moment. Warned my heart. It's 48 minutes. I think we should probably get to the point of this episode, <laughs> which is not. So let's
1: go to, to the main event.
0: <laughs> uh, the main event, yeah. Yeah. The pay per view. <laughs> that everybody gets to listen to for free because we're probably never going to go on any platform that requires money to listen to this crap, to listen about you being completely odd at the sight of squirrels.
1: So I could make it last episode, so you had Rachel Baker on.
0: Yes, we had Rachel, and she was awesome. I loved having Rachel on, and I want to have her again on at some point, but the fact that she was on for that was such a treat and mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I mean, we are actually friends in real life. So that obviously helps quite a bit, but we never really got to have like a two hour conversation about this
1: conversation like we just had about squirrels. You mean? You
0: mean, that was not a conversation about squirrels. That was you going off about like, in the manner that somebody who hallucinates, like, <laughs> after eating, like, one too many shrooms, you know,
1: sees. See, there's a black squirrel, man, and a brown squirrel. <laughs>
0: wow. I didn't know squirrels can come in these colors, man. But no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was super great to have her on. And I seriously would love to have her come back on again. Um, kind of depends on what we would talk about. But mm-hmm. we mostly focused on, as you know, because you had the opportunity to catch up, um, you know, was talking about progress in a intergenerational church and her experience with that and her role in that and just talking about her faith. You know, Christians love talking about their faith.
1: Oh, yeah. And I wrote uh, just 16 notes. <laughs> just 16
0: notes. Yes.
1: Yeah, you just heard? some things.
0: Yes, I'm curious in your observations. I want to wanna get to it, you know. So what, what was some of your first thoughts?
1: Oh, well, uh, I actually went in order. So I'll take it from the top. Um, well, first of all, she talked about her democratically elected uh, elders in her church. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. And I just think about... Because I can rel- well, I can relate to her because I also went to a smaller church, and uh, we also had democratically elected elders. So, yeah, and I'm just thinking, man, comparing that to mega churches, I wonder how democratic leadership is. I don't know. Did yeah, they have like I, a board, or
0: I mean, I'm sure there would be a board, but that doesn't necessarily make it like a democratic, yeah, system, like. I am not too familiar with what you might call church democracy. Um, Hmm. but I'd imagine like the way most, uh, mega churches are run anyway, it's very corporate and obviously (laughs) corporate enterprises don't really exhibit many democratic (laughs) systems or traits. Now you can actually have a big incorporated enterprise and you can have it built in democratic fashion because um most of our listeners might not be aware of this, but in Spain, this is like the most well-known example of a cooperative. And it's basically a giant worker owned business in Spain mm-hmm. called the Mondragon corporation. And it's, Decisions in the company are largely democratically made. Um, but yeah, go check that out if you're ever interested. But in most mega churches, I mean, I personally am not aware of many mega churches that have democratic qualities like Rachel's
1: Church does. I think all churches should be democratic. I mean, I,
0: if you're going to have a church, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the purest form of democracy. Uh, not representative democracy, but uh, direct democracy. Mm-hmm. I like that.
0: Like, I think in Rachel's church, if I remember right, uh, one of the big contentious issues is uh, women leadership. So oh, yeah. women are still not allowed in her church to assume the role of elder,
1: uh, um, basically like
0: a leadership position.
1: But it shocked me when I saw that, when yeah, I heard that. Yes. If I remember, actually,
0: and the thing is, like the head pastor of that church is actually for it and mm. has kind of, you know, done a little things here and there to kind of bring that to fruition. Who made that rule? Um, I'd assume it was like the pre like older members like years and years and years ago, because mind you, this church is like over a hundred years old.
1: Yeah, and she said nineteen 10, thirteen or something? 19, some, something yeah. like that,
0: yeah. And they both Rachel and the head pastor Mike, they got involved in that church like over a decade ago, I think. Um, but it's still very much a divided congregation between like your older conservative believers and your younger, more progressive members.
1: Yeah. So No, and I can relate to that too. Yeah. That small church that I was from.
0: Oh, do tell.
1: Well, just about even well, she talked about um modern worship music versus versus hymns. And uh the church I went to was kind of a mix between the two. Um they would have, for example, guitar playing, uh, piano playing up front, etc. And there would be a mix of hymns and also a mix of uh I guess modern worship music. Yeah. I was never the type to sing though. I, I always found quote unquote worship through music to be What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, To be too personal, I guess. Music to me is personal. And I don't want to sing in front of a bunch of people, especially songs like, Oh, I love you, God. I'm like, what the fuck? What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Even if I were a believer again, for whatever reason, I would still not be down with singing at church. I'm like, nah, he's good. He knows I'm down. It's fine. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I don't know. Worship is a very personal thing, I think. Yeah. If you are inclined to believe in any gods at all. Um I don't know. It just, for me, being in a large group and being loud is a very awkward experience. And, mm-hmm. like, the last time, and this this was not anything to do with a church. Like, years ago, I went to, like, a... uh pro-choice protest down at the state house in Columbus. Uh, It was basically, you know, rallying for reproductive rights.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And it is, if you're not used to doing stuff like that, you know, just kind of being like a random dude joining up with a protest and raising your voice like that. It's, it's so awkward. It's fucking awkward.
1: Well, Um, well, Dude, I went to Washington DC, Washington DC in my men's group for a pro life, uh, rally.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. You took like, yeah. In your republic, young republican days, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, when I was, yeah, this was, uh, with the, uh, I think it was organized by the Washington area men's coalition. And by the way, we have some great episodes about that
0: <laughs> oh yeah i can't wait to get to that in the future but
1: yeah i went there in uh, washington dc and it was just very awkward first of all there wasn't that many people there like we thought there would be <laughs> well, i that- guess we were told uh, the men's group we were told there was going to be like a march on washington type thing <laughs> when we got there there were there were like a hundred people
0: there. <laughs> just a hundred just christian dudes showing up yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I just felt awkward socially because, I don't know, I'm not really one for big rallies and protests and stuff like that oh yeah
1: personally. well the, that that uh the, that pep rally stuff rah rah bull crap as nah, i call it i ain't down with that stuff
0: i've never been yeah never in my life have i been into that you know like yeah. cheering and chanting it's not my thing
1: i mean there's all these things are just grown-up pep rallies
0: <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. adam not not adam alan watts uh really famous philosopher oh yeah and in one of his lectures he compared uh, church hymns to nursery rhymes for adults. Oh, I'm like, y- kind of. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't actually disagree with that in some. Especially those
1: older hymns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No hate on people who do sing it hymns, of course. But I don't know, like. hymns always was just a bizarre practice to me. And I know some people really, really like it. And I'm like, okay, more power to you. The whole practice was just always very off-putting to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I have uh, some experience too in music because my father, he was a gospel singer. And some of my fondest memories as a child were going to family friends' homes and hearing my dad make records and hearing the production of records and those are some pretty cool times some good good childhood memories
0: oh yeah i figured that would be awesome i mean it's
1: a good way to remember my father on too
0: yeah like
1: it's just yeah i just uh, was his
0: well i guess what was his style like
1: if you had put um, in a gen well, the producer, a great man named Al Van who's um great guy, he was our Bible study leader. He's really good good guy. Uh he the production was sort of like uh, country and bluegrass, I guess. Oh, okay. But we also had a little bit of soul in there too, because uh we had a woman uh named Denise, I believe her name was, and she just sang background vocals and she has uh she has a very good voice. So you also got a little bit of soul in there with her voice. Um, nice. I was. Hmm. My dad's style. Yeah, my dad. uh My dad style is more rock, though. His voice is more uh rock, rock and roll, I guess.
0: No. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Having met your father before, I can kind of see that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Good memories, though.
0: Good stuff.
1: I actually jam out to some of that stuff, too. I like I really like the production on it
0: yeah there's actually one particular kind of hymns that i do enjoy and it's usually greek orthodox hymns
1: oh okay i don't
0: know what it is but that stuff is very meditative and i think that's deliberately so hmm like
1: yeah
0: there's one i can link it to you here in discord uh it's kind of like a more famous one called Agni Parthene.
1: And Ooh, I like the Greek. Yeah. And Virgin, right? Parthene, Yeah. Something be, to do with the virgin. Yeah, it's dedicated virgin. to
0: Mary. The Theotokos. Oh pure. Oh, Virgin Pure, yeah.
1: Oh. You know what, too? Uh I guess I do enjoy gospel music by uh by people like Al Green and Marvin Gaye. I was actually clean actually uh two was it two weeks ago or something? I was cleaning the house and I was listening to some Marvin Gaye, uh, Marvin Gaye's version of his eyes on Sparrow. And I'm gonna tell you, man, I teared up because gosh, that's some beautiful stuff. No matter what you believe.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's just sometimes, I mean, art is just emotionally moving. Some people like to kind of narrow art down to like this thing that it communicates something. And that's not necessarily an invalid or wrong conclusion, but I think art is powerful when it's moving you for reasons that kind of escape your understanding.
1: Well, it's sort of like, um, not sort of like, but I I see it as being possessed, if you will, but not in a negative way. Yeah. For example, one of my favorite album covers or pictures, period, of all time, is Marvin Gaye's, uh, the cover of Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On album, where he is just in the ecstasy, the dying, dying, nicest-like trance, I guess. And he's just going crazy. And you can see in the picture him with his arms up and him his mouth opening. You can just tell this guy's like infused with some, some something that's not human or something, but in a good way, not like an occult demon way.
0: I've actually never heard of,
1: well, maybe I have heard of Marvin Gaye, I don't know. His name oh, is Marvin. super familiar. Oh yeah, I'm sure you have. He's like the, he's one of my, he's my favorite artists of all time.
0: What, what is this song, Sexual Healing?
1: Oh, you know, oh dude, you've heard, everybody's heard Sexual Healing, everybody's heard Let's Get It On. <laughs> I'm I'm listening to it right now. Yeah, you've everybody's heard it. If in America at least, you've had to have heard that. Or, or I will say this too: everybody's heard probably what's going on, Marvin the Marvin Gaye album. What's going on? The song. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Or mercy, mercy me, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I linked you. Oh. T- I linked you that oh, okay. particular hymn in Discord. Uh, the, the lady singing it is a Serbian, uh, performer.
1: Divna oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name because I don't want to butcher it. Yeah. I'm listening to it right now.
0: I'm like, those Greeks got that stuff down.
1: Oh, yeah, I can tell.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'd imagine Rachel's church is probably more... I actually... Well, if I remember right, in the last episode, she said that it's kind of like a mix of... Like, older hymns and more modern stuff. Modern Mm -hmm. devotionals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, without actually hearing it myself, I can only kind of speculate what it sounds like. Like I've been to like very modern church services before. And, you know, usually it will be like somebody with a guitar and they might be strumming like very softly
1: and slowly. Uh, We've seen rock cities. I mean, we watched a lot of those.
0: Yeah. But rock
1: city (laughs) is, (laughs) (laughs) that's like a concert and shit. Yeah.
0: That's meant to get you up on your feet and jump. Oh yeah. It's meant to get you popping off your feet going do 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 do
1: do 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 it's not like the what you sent me. But you know what though? What you sent me, I, I like it more because it's more intellectual, I think. Where it's sort of I like hearing the background of the music and...
0: The acoustic of it?
1: It's, yeah, the things that... The things that you really need to pay attention for, as opposed to just listening to music to uh, to just lose my mind, I guess you can say.
0: Yeah. Now, it is meant to have, like, a deliberate effect mm-hmm. on you. Like, I know this is true for Catholic churches, because if, especially if you like, uh, ever seen the interior of, like, very old Catholic churches in Europe, Um, they're built in a way to generate this acoustic effect to where the sound travels down the aisle but also from, like, to the ceiling and back. And that kind of...
1: That's why they're so tall. ceiling.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Greek Orthodox cathedrals are this built the same way even if their design is kind of different um but the effect it's supposed to give you is i mean that's a deliberate uh consideration that particularly catholic churches have they're meant to like give you this impression of like you're feeling like small in a way Mm, but not in a way that makes you feel insignificant it kind of leaves yeah. you feeling awestruck.
1: Well, yeah, it's like so no matter how high you are, you're never going to touch those ceilings.
0: Right. <laughs> as, or almost as if it's it's like a song coming down from heaven onto you. Mm. So it's, it's brilliant. And it's an old, old, uh, I guess you could say, like, innovation in architecture. Mm. But yeah. Catholics and Orthodox had that stuff down centuries ago.
1: Yeah, and can you imagine taking the mu- the modern worship music now and then putting it back in that century? That'd be hilarious.
0: Oh God, that would... <laughs> I'm trying to imagine like a a 12th century English peasant <laughs> like <laughs> and Rock City is there. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, what the? F-? What, ye fuck? <laughs> However, you say that in old English. What, ye fuck? What, ye fuck?
1: Yeah, now, one thing I really do, really uh, like too about the podcast is her sense of community and the importance of community in the church um how for example um she was in a church plant in the town she was originally from i think and then she moved yeah. to Columbus and
0: mm-hmm. then her
1: pastor got a job at that church and uh that i think that's one of the most positive things about religion community the sense of community that it builds you know people actually care about me and we share the same belief yeah, uh, yeah. It, you- and it really pisses me off how that sense of community too can be abused, as we've seen um, in many destructive cults, for example,
0: mm-hmm. like in, like in Mormonism specifically, where or the Jehovah's Witnesses or religions like that, where the community can be used against you. As much mm-hmm. as it's there to benefit you, to ensure your compliance and obedience. Yeah,
1: and also to just, yeah, and abuse you. Use it as a smokescreen to abuse you. But mm-hmm. uh, but I'd say, especially those smaller churches, uh, you really get a sense of community. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're more likely to kind of know everybody there. Um mm-hmm. Rather than if it's just a super large
1: church. So does my dog. He loves that sense of community. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The dog wants to go to church now with Rachel. Yeah. Woof, hey, I heard you got good food there. Woof.
1: Pet me. Uh Cute dog. I love him. I missed him a lot on that. Doing husband stuff.
0: Did your folks watch them?
1: Yeah, my in-laws watch them. They're pretty. They're pretty cool people.
0: Yeah. So another thing you wrote down here too that I've noticed is the uh, intergenerational talk. I mean, we we covered like the worship music and the hymns and stuff, but oh, that yeah. seems to like branch off into other
1: areas too. Um, oh yeah, like that ministry paradox. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The and they did that for what was it? A number of years. Um, mm-hmm. and it sounded like a pretty cool deal, honestly. Like no, it was like no pressure kind of setup where, like, yeah, you're welcome to kind of hang out and chill here and stuff, but there's really no yeah. like dragging you or expect expecting you to do anything the whole idea of coming as you are um that, that that's a good idea i can respect a lot
1: yeah and, and what's interesting too she talked about how when that paradox ended because i believe oh yeah paradox ended because man these were the people who work in the churches like your pastors your staff etc they have to work so many hours on Sunday, it's like, it's not a day of rest. And uh that's one of the reasons why Paradox Ended, she talked about the sacrifice. You just couldn't sacrifice that much anymore, especially if you got a full-time job.
0: <sighs> yeah. Especially if it's like a few committed people actually organizing and running it. Then you're,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, responsibility, real responsibilities stack up and then something has to give. And in that instance, it was a paradox.
1: Yeah, that's why I quit being a, uh, a youth group leader at, my, at the church I used to go to because I had college. I'm like, I don't have time. <laughs> I was in a master's degree program. so.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> I don't have
1: time. <laughs> so were, you, and, were uh,
0: you still doing youth leader in your undergrad, though?
1: Yeah, when I was an undergrad. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's still quite a bit <laughs>
1: yeah, near the end. I believe near the end.
0: Okay. Yeah. And you were doing, you were studying your undergrad was in classics, right?
1: Yeah. Classics, uh, classics. Yeah. I got a bachelor's of classics.
0: Right. Which so. for
1: those of you who are like, what are classics? It's basically, uh, the Western antiquity, the Greeks and the Romans. and and also a little bit before that with the Assyrians and Babylonians etc
0: very humanities based kind of stuff
1: oh yeah yeah pretty much yeah and I studied uh, Latin and Greek love it still love it
0: I should show you that video one time uh I forget which university it was at but this group did like a Konye Greek cover of a Katy Perry song Mm. uh let me try to find it.
1: So Jesus would have been able to understand it. Hot and cold, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, they... Oh,
1: damn it. Well, yeah, think about I... it. Couldn't Jesus understand everything,
0: though? Uh, He's God in the flesh. I mean, if you believe him to be God <laughs> in the flesh, then I guess that's true, yes. Wow. Um. But even in that case, I still don't think Jesus would really understand why kids love the taste of cinnamon toast crunch.
1: Oh, cause it's awesome.
0: can't believe I made that <laughs> fucking joke.
1: <What? laughs> I was like, are you being serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that was pretty cool that she, uh, when well, she talked about that, because what I found interesting is that when paradox ended, the tra- The traditional service and the contemporary service had to get along. So you had these generational, like, like the basically the podcast about inter inter gener- change in the church. Yeah, Easy for me to say, and that seems and that, to be like, oh yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm just saying. I was aghast when the people walked out. Um, remember when the uh the lady gave the sermon, Lauren? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I was like, oh my gosh! Are you serious? That was hella rude. For one, <laughs> like,
0: wow, really? This this is what's upsetting you? Like, <laughs> well, it's sort of f-
1: like they're trying to say a woman can't be as close to God as a man, which we know is bullcrap.
0: It's not like she just opened up the Bible or t- and tore pages out of it and threw it at the crowd. <laughs> 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 uh, the funny thing, though, too, is that could uh, smell
1: bad. You know, I'm like what
0: I had like a brief exchange with Rachel uh, on Sunday, and. Ooh. And it was basically just to tell her like, hey, the the episode's up if you want to listen to it. And she told me that um, Lauren, the lady in question, actually gave a full sermon that oh, morning. Praise God, brother. And nobody <laughs> walked out. Good. Good. I'm like, that's great. Love to hear that.
1: Yeah. Love it. I mean, and all throughout, you know, Rachel in that podcast, that you did last week she was dropping some knowledge man I even wrote down two quotes because I was like oh man that hit me that hit me in the field uh one of these quotes was i don't want to be held to standards of women two thousand years ago preach on that <laughs> pretty
0: fair expectation I think um yeah, yeah um being held to the standards of a time where women weren't even really considered full people. uh, Can't own land, can't participate in government, can't really do much of anything. Uh, Well, I mean, they could own some property, um, but the status of women in biblical times was very much dependent on uh, male of men. Um, Yeah. What was the other one you said?
1: Oh well, the other one was a wonderful reductio ad absurdum argument. Oh, check this out, and I'm gonna start quoting right now. Quote: If you believe that biblically a woman's job is to procreate, then women who can't procreate are better off not existing. That's horseshit. Of course, Rachel says that's horseshit, but that that uh the if statement there, the if and then. That's a nice reductio ad absurdum. Yeah. It's like, a logical conclusion.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can, Christianity, in particular, um, is not exclusive to that kind of mentality. I mean, mm. oh, yeah. You can point to more conservative movements in Islam or Judaism or other religions and worldviews or whatnot.
1: Yeah, or even like social conservatism now in in the United States of America.
0: Yeah, because even if you have a conservative who hypothetically is not Christian, it is possible for them to still hold the conservative position, you know, that women are meant to be, you know, uh, baby makers, they're meant Mm -hmm. to be housewives, etc. because of a very bad understanding of evolution. (laughs) Um, you know, like, oh, it's just nature, bro. Um, women are just naturally good at cooking, bro. Um, oh, shit. naturally women are just naturally better at wiping my ass for me, bro. Um, yeah, but yeah, she's really, she does really kind of point out how really stupid that is to think. I mean, especially if you consider, you know, yeah. Uh, I don't remember in the quote that you just named off. Um, did she say, you know, women who are infertile?
1: No, no. It just says, if you believe that biblically a woman's job is to procreate, then women who can't procreate are better off non-existing. Yeah. It, it a big deal out absurdum.
0: Yeah. And I think that would definitely apply to, you know, like, infertile women. Mm. Um, I know a lot of sex and Christianity place that expectation to be mothers on women, uh, Mormonism yeah. is definitely guilty on that. And well, what do you do with a woman who is infertile for some reason or another? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then by that reasoning, then they have no purpose for existing. Even if God had, you know, intends woman to be a life giver,
1: you know, a
0: baby yeah. maker.
1: Well, I can I can also see how this is weird, too, because, well, let me give you the impetus for what makes me uh, what what made this pop into my head. So I'm reading I'm scrolling through my news feed. And for some reason, there's um, something about Britney Spears converting to Catholicism. Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why anybody would be a Catholic. I mean. <laughs> But anyway, but oh, maybe I do. Anyway, I was thinking, wait a minute. So, so I'm in my head. I'm like, why the hell? I didn't click on the article because I don't care about celebrities. But anyway, I'm like, why would the hell would anybody want to be a Catholic? And I and I started thinking too about like birth control. Like they don't even believe in birth control. Like, but then I started thinking, wait, wait a minute. Maybe maybe sometimes sometimes maybe that's good for a a, a woman. Especially if she has, like, a husband or a partner, a, a male partner, a, a male husband or whatever. Uh, maybe she has a partner who just wants to fuck her all the time. Maybe that's actually good for a woman because then it's like, well, no. I don't want it. Yeah. So I kind of thought about it from that perspective, too, trying to be empathetic. So
0: Yeah. And I think, honestly... <laughs> I think both of what she the points that she made that you acknowledged are they're very tied together. They're not mutually exclusive. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like what what older idea for women is there than women make baby for men?
1: Well, yeah. that's well hold, that well, hold on that's weird in itself because here's the thing about it. A man is not thinking, I'm, generally speaking, you know, males, us guys, us males, we're not thinking about, generally speaking, about having kids. We're thinking about just blowing, a, just coming, I guess, blowing a load. I don't mean to be so vulgar about it, but <laughs> <laughs> all across the world, I'd say, my, I would argue men are not really thinking about, oh, man, I can't wait to have a baby with this girl. They're thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to have sex with her and, you know, get my rocks off it, so to speak. So maybe deep down, psychologically, s- subconsciously, we're thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to have a kid. But I doubt many men are walking around thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to have a kid with this woman. I
0: don't know. I mean, religious men. Like, uh, yeah, men who or feel like it's an excuse. Yeah. Or like. Men who legitimately believe that the only form of like of acceptable sex is procreative sex um I mean look at the quiverful movement I mean, I'm sure you, you know what quiverful is right yeah yeah it's yeah. a for for those of you who don't know quiverful is a Christian yeah, movement very prominent in the United States um at least in fundamentalist circles anyway. Um, where one of the main priorities is to essentially have as many kids as humanly possible to mm. be, as the Bible says, fruitful and multiply. And yeah. it's, uh, uh, the name comes from, uh, I forget where in the Bible, but essentially it alludes to like having children as if they were a quiver full of arrows, so the TLDR of that is God wants you to have as many babies as humanly possible.
1: Yeah, I that whole sex is for procre- procreation thing is really—it's it, not natural to me because us guys, we're cum factories. I mean, let's be honest, we—we're bodies, or at least that part of our bodies is mm-hmm. used. It—it's it, a factory for making sperm. So it's kind of like I, we got to get it out. <laughs> So I doubt the majority of men in this world are thinking, man, I can't wait to have a kid. I can't wait to get it out so I can have a kid. They're just thinking, I just need to get this shit out. (laughs) Such a chore. Yeah, sometimes it is. Although I don't want to make it seem like that men have it tough because if you compare male and female, females have it much worse than males.
0: I would not want to trade my equipment for a set of degrees I agree.
1: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why I think uh, women should rule the world, really.
0: You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> matriarchy, Martin.
1: Met, yeah, I am a proponent for matriarchy because- This the is the feminist
0: that the right <laughs> wing has warned you all about. <laughs> manifest.
1: Yeah. The bullshit they got to put up with on a daily basis. Y'all should run the world. I mean,
0: I'd imagine that there's going to be like some men's right activist who finds this episode somehow. And they'll be like, well, what about men? Men, Well, they can blow me. (laughs) Men go into the army. (laughs) Men do army. (laughs) But moving on. So what else let's, let's go on from your notes. You had something about, uh, the coffee shop as a ministry.
1: Oh yeah, no. I just thought that was a great example of how a church can affect their local community in a positive way.
0: Oh yeah. They're absolutely oh, awesome. Yeah, Especially around, um, uh, when finals comes around for Ohio state students. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they host the finals dinner. That's yeah. It's, it's packed usually.
1: I mean, and, and also too, when, uh, when Rachel was talking, I thought about what Jesus said, how Jesus wants his disciples to be fishers of men. And growing up, I was like, what do you mean fishers of men? And as I started reading the Bible more and getting more knowledge, I realized what that meant. It means you should attract people to you. Uh, you should fish them in, I guess, as to why you, um, As to why you're different, I guess. So they look around, they see that you're different in a positive way. And they're like, okay, what's up with this person? Fishers of men.
0: Yeah, like...
1: And I I, see that coffee shop is kind of like that.
0: Like, I want to emulate the traits and characteristics Mm. and qualities I see in this person. Absolutely. Um, Stuff like that. Positive role modeling, I think, would be a good word for it. Um, Yeah. And one thing I will definitely say about Rachel and the coffee shop part of the ministry, Um, and I'm saying this too, as a frequent guest, Um, part of the example that they try to set is that there are no expectations and no like pressure to do anything. Like you you don't even have to like, you don't even have to buy anything. Honestly, from there, you (laughs) can just like go in and study.
1: Yeah, I remember talking a lot about that, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's a cool, cool part of it. And I I go there, like, on a weekly basis, just because the coffee is good. And I'm not just saying that to shill. I'm actually saying that, no, their their product is actually, like, better than Starbucks by far. Um, Yeah, fuck Starbucks. (laughs) All right. I think... You covered... Well, yeah, we already did talk about the importance of community in the church. Um, yeah. We already talked about Paradox stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, let me see. What else do you got here? Uh, oh, the stuff about when Paradox ended. And I'm reading uh, your yeah, note I'm here. That. Yeah, the traditional yeah. service and contemporary service had to get along generational life groups are divided up by age uh yeah yeah. so did your church have anything like a life group that uh rachel's church had
1: oh yeah we had um through various times not all the time but there were men's groups women's groups i was involved in the men's group Mm -hmm. like for example remember we went to washington (laughs) dc yes uh, we were called Promise Keepers, I guess. It was an offshoot of Promise Keepers. Promise Keepers? Oh, you never heard of Promise Keepers? No. Oh, Promise Keepers is an all-men group who... uh Basically, Promise Keepers is... Promise Keepers is an organization of men all around, the Christian men all around the world, mostly evangelical men around the world, and they would hold these huge conferences every year that would attract men to go to them where the, uh, the speakers would be people like, uh, former football players, pastors, <laughs> football players, right? Yeah. And they would, they would have worship like rock center, rock city. And it would be like a huge worship conference over like a couple, two days. Oh God.
0: I think I had somebody representing these people come into my high school once. And it a was all about abstinence and chastity <laughs> it was about yeah it was like a chastity thing and he was like a football player i don't remember his name um but the guy in question was like it's going on about how it's like hey you know you don't have to have sex before marriage you can actually wait until marriage it's cool some people will try to tell you that it's not cool to wait till marriage but it worked great for me. And he goes on about how his experience about how he waited to, uh, he wait until he was married with his lucky lady before they, uh, copulated, I guess Mm. you could say. Cause, because the first thing when I hear promise keepers, I actually think of two very different things. First, I think of the oath keepers, you know, the, the far right biker group. And mm. I think of a bunch of guys who are like, super pro abstinent, but that's just all they are. It's like, they have no other values. Just like their whole mission is to like, make people wait until they get married <laughs> to do it.
1: This is weird. Yeah, that's always weird to me because I'm like, what? What does it matter
0: to you <laughs> like someone who joins them has to like sign this covenant and if they break the covenant <laughs> oh, and lose their virginity then they break into like the the trespass the the uh the wayward members house they break down the door they pull out guns and they just execute him and it's <laughs> no, the- no, no. <laughs> you broke your promise
1: you had sex before marriage Well, it's just, it's psychologically damning to young people, man. And and it goes into adulthood. Like, I, I don't know if this is too personal for me to say, but, (laughs) but that kind of stuff really affected my sex life, man. It really did. And I I would say in a negative way.
0: I mean, there's all kinds of stories out there about how abs, like, Households, particularly Christian ones, that so heavily stressed abstinence, particularly on women. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it, it can harm men, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Women, it seems especially harmful because a lot of these particular evangelical Christian ideologies that are so highly demanding when it comes to abstinence put the onus on women And they put the extra stress on women. Mm -hmm. And they usually impart, you know, harmful ideas about, like... You've heard the chewed gum analogy, you know? Um, Where a woman... You know, like, a woman who's had sex before marriage is, like, chewed gum. Um, Oh, God, Yeah, I remember... I forget the episode... I think it was an episode of Mormon Stories. And... They, it was a story, I forget her name, but it was one woman who was abstinent her whole life, and she finally got married, and when she s- had sex, it, like, completely damaged her mental health and well-being. Um, it was, like, really bad. Um yeah. It was very, the whole ideology was fucking detrimental to her mental health. And yeah, I mean, if you choose not if you choose to wait before till marriage, that's cool. No one's against that. Like the literally the best way to avoid, you know, something like an unwanted pregnancy or an STI, mm-hmm. STI is to not have sex. <laughs> like that will actually re- guaranteed 100% not getting laid. Will protect you from those particular conditions. However, the abstinence culture, I think, is. Yeah. Or oh, the purity culture. Yeah, purity culture. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, I think, yeah. toxic and very. I think it's just toxic. Yeah. Especially, it's not only just toxic, it's completely ineffective. Like, what. Which states in the United States have, like, the highest rate of teen pregnancies? I don't
1: know, but I want to look that up.
0: Yeah, let's look it up right now. States with... Uh, probably, those,
1: uh, I, probably conservative states with conservative social values. Of
0: teen pregnancy by state.
1: Well, it makes sense, though, because don't conservative social values place an emphasis on women should be baby makers, I guess?
0: That too, but there's also (laughs) less, generally less access to reproductive care. Yeah. uh, Like clinics and stuff. I'm trying to find like the most recent one. Let's see. There's one on the CDC website, but it only has data as far back from 2019. And of course, the, the, the worst states are in the South. Mm. Like, at least because there's like there's an interactive map on the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website. Uh, teen Birth Rate by State is the name of this particular page. And the map is kind of interactive. And I have the year set to 2019. And it gives you kind of like a chart where the lighter colored states have the lowest or lower end of the birth rates. Well, obviously... The darker red it is, the more, the higher the birth rate, the teen birth rate is, the teen pregnancy rate. Um, and the worst States, at least according to this are Mississippi and Arkansas, Mm. Texas is 24, Louisiana is 27, uh, Alabama, 25. Uh, yeah, you get the picture. Um, not good.
1: People are going to be people dude. Just give them condoms.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or, or if condoms, you know, are not enough for whatever reason, because shit happens safe, abortion access for everybody.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Without all the stupid, pointless red tape that is meant only to actually make getting an abortion harder. Like a lot of the stuff that many states will pass, um, Because a lot of states, except maybe recently, have tried, instead of outright banning, they make it just more and more and more inaccessible. Mm, So they would put like more and more pointless restrictions uh, to basically get these clinics shut down.
1: And I also think they want test cases for the Supreme Court so they can overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, a lot of Mm -hmm. them will, a lot of states, uh, with pro-life politicians in office will do outright bans and stuff deliberately so the Supreme Court will look at Roe v. Wade and attempt to overturn it.
1: If you look at, uh, I sent you the, uh the website for Promise Keepers, maybe that's an episode we can do about their values and stuff. Be interesting.
0: Promise Keepers, men of integrity. <laughs> There's a lot of and white you, dudes in this audience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But they, but in fairness, Promise Keepers, they have a, a commitment to racial integration and equality.
0: Okay. Might
1: well, that would be interesting sometime to do.
0: I wonder how they feel about No Nut November. Is that something that they promise? Like, if they're big on? <laughs> like, they, they do the whole month and they're like breaking out in sweat, looking like they're about to pass out. And they're like, brother, I don't know how much longer I can keep going without. <laughs> Fight it, brother. <laughs> November's almost other, brother. No, we come-
1: no, here's the thing, though. No, because that shit's going to come out. Uh, it's going to come out one way or another.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but. I feel like promise keepers would be the kind of dudes who'd be like, brother, no, we we made a promise this November. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just. (laughs) And then like, as soon as December rolls around, that's when they can break the promise. Finally. (laughs) Feed your
1: soul, strengthen your faith. Oh, it's going to come up through wet dreams.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How many promise keepers do you think are in the closet? About being gay. Oh, uh, Because <laughs> if I were like a very closeted Christian man, like I could see promise keepers being very promising to find my brotherhood. <laughs> I can find that very appealing if I'm a very repressed gay Christian man.
1: Yeah, being around dudes and talking about intimate things like your feelings and stuff.
0: My Christian brothers, my age. <laughs> they all work out. They're all football players. Yeah,
1: well, that's well one episode that I'd like to do is the uh, that's my dog. He he was uh, his head, he was scratching his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I'd like to do is about the masculinity and femininity of evangelical Christianity, actually. Very Ooh, interesting. That would be fun. Yeah and I'm already have a couple things for that.
0: I'm still looking at promise keepers. I'm looking at their seven promises.
1: Oh yeah. Premise yeah. one, honor. <laughs>
0: Premise two, yeah. brotherhood. Promise three, integrity. Promise four, family.
1: Yeah, shit, what about single dudes?
0: <laughs> they, they're not living up to the promise, they're breaking the promise. <laughs> yeah. Promise five, serving. Promise six, (laughs) unity. Promise seven, obedience.
1: Gotta say it like that too if we do this episode. Obedience. (laughs) I wanna do...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Among our future episodes, we have to do Bare Knuckle Bible.
1: Of course, yeah. Oh, I've got that in my notes.
0: Oh, God, I would love to have Rachel on. (laughs) <laughs> While we talk about bare knuckle
1: Bible? <laughs> well, speaking of Rachel, let's get back to. Uh, I've got like one, two, three, four, five notes. I guess. Go ahead. Yeah. Left. Lay it's on, on the second to last page. Um. So one thing she talked about is this concept of bro- of brokenness within Christianity, and I find that very interesting to me because it's if. Christianity, we're assuming that man is sinful and broken from the time they're born. It's sort of like putting us in chains already, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Rousseau, you know, the Enlightenment philosopher, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, he said that man is born free, but he is everywhere in chains. And that kind of makes sense when we talk about this concept of brokenness in Christianity.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean... It's, high, it's heavily tied into Christian theology, even, I think, in the most progressive and affirming circles, um, really? that human beings are just naturally broken, whether it's through birth or whether it's through, like, the circumstances of the world or through sin. Humankind is just naturally... It Like, I know a lot of Christians will use broken in the sense that humans are imperfect. You know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. People have faults and people have quirks and people have just not so good sides about them, which is, I mean, yeah, but I think when we use broken and I put, I actually did push back a little bit when we talked about it on the last episode, when we used the term broken, I think that imparts, Uh, a bit of baggage that I think is unnecessary that you're doomed to kind of fall short and you Mm -hmm. like you can be I don't know and maybe it's just because I'm sleep deprived today and my thoughts aren't really coming to me (laughs) too clearly but I did push back and it does have that baggage and I think it's a mindset is that honestly is not necessary nor helpful, especially when you're looking to improve upon yourself.
1: And if I'm broken from the time that I'm born, like whose fault is that? The thing that made me or the the whatever made me. So yeah, like, (laughs) yeah,
0: but we did talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um. Mostly that was in the context of, you know, her relationship with her husband and the relationship that they have. Oh, and yeah. the impression that Rachel gave me with the relationship with her husband, who I've met, he's a cool dude.
1: Like, okay. so he sounds like it.
0: Yeah. It sounded like they have, like, a perfectly healthy relationship, you know, oh. a perfectly supportive and a very contemplative relationship, too. Like, they're not like blindly following this scriptural like the scripture that is dictating how their relationship should go they are mm. very thoughtful about their approach to their marriage
1: mhm well i like too that she said that they were in uh therapy couples therapy or marriage therapy yeah not because not because they have problems in their marriage it's because they want to keep their marriage strong and i think that's pretty darn cool um Yeah, they're focusing, I guess, on the mental health aspect of their relationship. And that is something to be striving for and proud of.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're doing it to keep it healthy Mm -hmm. and hopefully happy. Yeah. When I I'm glad she brought that up, too, because I think that is something that needs to be normalized in couples, because most people, when they think about couples therapy, they usually think. In terms of, oh, my relationship is struggling. My relationship's falling apart. Um, save our marriage or whatever. And no, she's like, they're very proactive about it,
1: it seems. The model for us all, whether we're religious or not.
0: Yeah. Like, if you're going to be a married couple, <laughs> like, I think it is... I think following Rachel's advice or example on that front is very good for you. No matter Mm. if, even if you think you have the best fucking relationship and best fucking marriage in the world, like you might discover things that you didn't realize are afoot in your relationship or, you know, maybe one of you is not communicating something that should be communicated or, whatnot. Just general, like a wellness, you know, like, for those of you with health insurance, anyway, um, (laughs) you know, you should go to your doctor and get your, your occasional checkup, you know, just to make sure everything's going okay. And it's more preventative than (laughs) it, it costs less to prevent something than it does to fix something.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I think that applies to marriages and relationships as well.
1: And, uh, I guess the, I guess the last note here is something we can leave, uh, leave a, I want to leave a question with my audience and stuff. And so here, um, I got a great summary here. Let me go to it. So the summary I took of this, uh, of that podcast is, a very honest introspection on how the teachings of the bible affect us human beings and our identities our gender identities our age etc and so what i took from that is this how do you spot a phony church and you and rachel were talking about this like for example um if people like rachel are there It's not funny. For example, you all talked about people in churches that talk about hell too much. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? There's
0: a scare tactic or a control tactic, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. And you talked about uh, churches that use culture war BS. Yes, Uh, yes. You know, don't go to those churches. (laughs) Run away from those churches. And so... That led me, that had me thinking about something, right? Mm-hmm. Like it had me thinking about Jesus back in the day, Jesus engaging in culture wars. <laughs> like, can you imagine Jesus and the apostles um, talking about, for example, the excesses of the Roman emperor back then? And I believe when Jesus lived, it was Tiberius.
0: Yeah, it would have likely been Emperor Tiberius.
1: Yeah, and can you talk? Can you imagine him talking about the the wickedness of our government of Tiberius and Pontius Pilate?
0: (laughs) Jesus does not really particularly condemn the Roman Empire. (laughs) Oddly enough, he's more like most of his vitriol is directed towards like the the Jewish government, the 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 Sanhedrin,
1: the religious authority, Jewish. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: which I think makes more sense. But then again, it's I mean, the Gospels weren't written by people who it's not written by the people who, <laughs> you know, were like Matthew didn't actually write the Gospel of Matthew. Luke yeah. did not actually write the Gospel of Luke. Um, but it's definitely <laughs> it's it is kind of hard to imagine Jesus. in the Gospels railing against transgender women in the Olympics.
1: Yeah. yeah, that doesn't seem like something Jesus something. would
0: particularly yeah. weigh in on. Um, or I don't think I would imagine Jesus complaining that men are becoming more <laughs> effeminate and weak yeah. and girly. Or,
1: and, or like the Roman empire trying to create a genderless society. Or that women are getting, <laughs> uh, oh God, yes. <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, the Senate of Rome is trying to cr- make a genderless empire. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever would we do? Yeah, I hear that Emperor Tiberius is going to take away my pronouns.
1: And Tiberius too was a pervert. You know, was he? One thing, oh, yeah, one thing Tiberius liked to do was he liked to. Um, be in this body of water, I guess you could say swim, even though he wasn't swimming, he was just standing there. And he'd, ha- he'd like to have boys. He'd like to have boys from, uh, under, in the water, bite his legs and feet. What? <laughs> Serious, yeah. Like, like what the f-? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, pervert. <laughs> what
0: the
1: fuck? <laughs> <laughs> shocked, yeah. I remember that story. I'm like, what the hell? Who, what, what kind of fetish? This is what wealth and power does to you. (laughs) Yes. Makes you morally bankrupt. The more wealth and power you have.
0: Like, it's like, that's like Jeffrey Epstein shit, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein lived like he was a fucking Roman emperor.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fuck.
1: (laughs) But on the flip side, though, I'm going to push back a little bit about what I said, because think about what is the role of a Christian with social justice issues. And that's
0: and people. Oh, my. That word has more fucking weight than it really deserves. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you read the Gospels. There are elements not even just the gospels. So you can find elements and traces of social justice throughout the whole damn Bible. Like, this, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Why do you think there are so many, like, warnings against the rich? You know, like, okay, so there's one. It's in the Epistle to James uh that i really like
1: oh bible verse
0: yeah and it's a warning to the rich let me look some up i'm trying yeah, to what is it oh okay, okay. let me pull it up it's, my, it's james
1: this also talks about social uh the poor and homeless fifth james um Where's is, where's is the
0: Bible gateway? Is that? I guess Bible gateway will do. Oh my mm. god, I don't need all these translations. I only need the uh, the one. Holy holy crap. Goodness gracious. Just give me the full chapter. There we go. Okay, so 5th James. Uh, warning to rich oppressors. Um, already we're off to a very social justice-y kind of tone. Mm. And he, Uh, Here we go. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are eroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look. The wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on in earth and luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. now preach that shit yeah and it's not the whole point is not you know like it's not a warning against rich people for being rich it's a warning against rich people for what they are doing specifically they are living in luxury and self-indulgence at the expense of other people yeah namely The working
1: poor. (laughs) The workers, yeah. The working poor, yeah.
0: Yeah, and not only that, they have open, they have oppressed the poor. They have murdered the innocent one, meaning they have used violence and killed the poor who cried out against them. Like, how does that not scream social justice or call for social justice, or at least have that as a subtext in the verse?
1: Well, yeah, and it's interesting, too, because you think about the civil rights movement and the uh, the positive thing that those Christians did. Yeah. And like, would Jesus be on the picket lines? Would he be marching for equal, for equality, for, very would, interesting.
0: Would Jesus be the one overcoming social barriers? I mean, it's not like there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus in the Gospels overcomes like social taboos and barriers, you know, like with the Samaritan woman or the Syrophoenician oh, yeah. woman. Yeah.
1: That's that mm-hmm. never happened. Yeah, when he prevented that woman from being stoned.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Or the woman, uh the Samaritan, the the woman at the well. Um Oh yeah. yeah. She had
1: like five live in lovers, <laughs> you know? Well yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And Jesus asks her to you know give her some water and she's like you're a jew though and for those of you who don't know samaritans are kind of they relate they're not jewish um they at jesus time they would consider themselves israelites and there's still there's still a community now in israel um so it's kind of like a distinct ethnic group with a very similar history to jewish people but at this time this was a time when There was, of course, uh, some tensions between Jews and Samaritans, and they tended to kind of like segregate themselves from each other. So like Christians love. So at least most Christians I've known anyway, love this particular passage because it's. Jesus offers to the Samaritan woman kind of like an invitation, like an invitation of sorts, to follow him. And then there's the other case, I don't know, I think the Syrophoenician woman I think is a different case. Um, It's the woman who begs Jesus to heal her kid, and the apostle I mean, at first Jesus and the apostles are like ignoring her and she's begging, and Jesus, at first like rebut like rebukes her tells her to go away and then she says something about um if i remember right something about how even the dog oh yeah eats the scraps eats the scraps off the mat from the master's table
1: dogs being gentiles in this context
0: yeah and i think non-jewish
1: people and the jews considered
0: samaritans to be gentiles
1: and mm-hmm. then
0: apparently that was like the right words for Jesus to be like, Hey, yo. Yeah. Like, Whoa. I'm going to reward your faith. Hmm. And I know like I have mixed feelings about that particular passage, but I can see how a lot of Christians interpret that as Jesus overcoming those kind of social barriers between people.
1: Yeah. Well, for Jesus, the the main thing wasn't about, Excluding, it was by everybody, the kingdom of God is coming, be ready, I don't care who you are.
0: <laughs> Jews only. <laughs> um, I mean, hell, like he awards a Roman centurion for his faith. Yeah. So, assuming, yeah, I guess the even the Romans, uh, more Gentiles benefiting from what? miracles of Jesus.
1: Uh, one of my favorite uh, Bible verses is actually in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9. Um, and here's here it goes. You harvest your crops on the land, but do not harvest all the way to the corners of your fields. If grain falls onto the ground, don't gather it up. Don't pick all the grapes in your vineyards and don't pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. You must leave those things for poor people. You must also leave them for people traveling through your country. Yeah. That warms my heart, much like those squirrels. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I'm not <laughs> squirrels. The squirrel testament. <laughs> I testify I saw a brown squirrel and a black squirrel, and they were playing on a tree branch, and it was so cute. I watched one suplex the other, and I didn't even know they could do that. I didn't (laughs) praise the Lord.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good conversation about uh, social justice issues in the Bible.
0: I agree, and at some point, I would like to have her on again and just chat about some other stuff. Um, Okay, but yeah, you got any closing thoughts?
1: Um, I I guess that was my summary there. Just leaving that question in the air um, about social justice issues, and the church.
0: SJW Jesus.
1: So when is the time to worry about stuff like culture wars, that bull crap that keeps us divided? And when is the time to worry about genuine issues, about oppression, and that kind of stuff?
0: I think that's a pretty good place to probably conclude. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for joining us everybody. This one was a very different episode because normally we usually have like a lot of pre pan content. And we had Martin's, you know, notes from our conversation last week with Rachel. Uh, But we are getting back on track this week. So you mind telling the audience what we're going to be talking about?
1: Oh, yeah. And it's been ready even before last week, even before I went on vacation, we're going to talk about um, the American value of freedom. And we're going to go way back, back to the Pilgrims and the Puritans. So, what is freedom? What did they mean when they said freedom? It's very interesting. very interesting.
0: Sounds good. All right. Thank you once again for joining us, everybody. Make sure to catch us next week. And also, you can find us on Twitter now. Did I tell you about that? I finally no, made you us didn't. a Twitter. You I finally made us a Twitter. We have social oh. media finally.
1: Alright, so, so now
0: me. if you I will. So if you, dear listener, are terminally online and you have Twitter brainworms, you might as well follow us on Twitter. Ministry Modus. <laughs> Alright. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.